This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of Trashy Divorces. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends. I'm Alicia. We are so excited to have you here with us. Thanks for joining us today on our good podcast about bad relationships here at Trashy Divorces. Stacy, you're bringing us a doozy today. Indeed. I mean, powerful people getting divorced. We have a former U.S. Senator, Alphonse D'Amato, who had a very trashy second divorce a few years back. Trash candy and potholes. <laughs> Before we begin our episode today, we have some huge thanks and shout outs to give to our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. So grateful for all of the folks in that community over there. Magic Mirror, who do you see in it, Stacy? I see, and with great gratitude, Laura M., Vaishan E., Auburn P., and Christina D. Thanks so much. So grateful to all of our Patreon folks getting ad-free episodes and bonus episodes on the regular. So grateful to you for coming to join us today for our weekly journey in the land of trash candy with a pothole or two thrown in. Stacy, if we're going to kick this off, what do we got to do? Got to go, go, go. Stacey, you're bringing us a story this week of yet another example of it doesn't matter how powerful you may be, you can still treat your spouse like crap. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Imprisonment, etc. Yeah, stuff. Sounds like a Trashy Divorces episode. <laughs> if you have forgotten Al D'Amato, don't feel bad. He was a U.S. senator from New York who left office after losing the 1998 election so it is okay if he is not a top-of-mind sort of figure. He's been out of office a while. During his tenure in the Senate from 1981 to 1999, he earned the nickname Senator Pothole, which was either a compliment or a criticism of the man, depending uh. on your feelings about him. He personally loved the nickname. Mm. For our purposes, it is enough to note that Al D'Amato, he's kind of a hothead, and he and his second wife... Katora, who he married in 2004, had one heck of a trashy divorce in the 20-teens. Let us meet our players. Alphonse Marcello D'Amato was born August 1st, 1937, and is currently a spry 85 years old. Oh, he's also a Leo man. Mm. Mm -hmm. Lifelong New Yorker, too, ah. so it's just... Born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island, he attended Syracuse University for undergrad, then the same for law school. He supported himself during law school. By the way, his uh, first semester tuition and fees, $500. Wow. Wow. Those were Those the days. Were the day. <laughs> Back in the late 50s. He supported himself during law school, working as a janitor at the university, a situation that gave him a great deal of perspective on people, snobbery, and the incredible importance of the menial and mundane chores that really do make the world go round. And I'm sure he hearkened back to this experience constantly in his life in politics. What a selling point. I got through law school by mopping floors, like John Boehner, you know, sweeping the floors at his parents' sure. bar. Like, anyway, good salt of the earth kind of stuff. 
He met his first wife, Penelope Penny, during this period of his life in law school, and they spent 20-ish years together as a relatively happy couple. They had four kids. It was when Al got to the Senate at the start of 1981 that problems really flared between them. Oh, no. His schedule was suddenly bonkers, and she very quickly tired of being a politician's wife. They separated by Christmas of 1981, so, like, it was very quick. Yeah. Um, Though they did not divorce for another 13 years. What? Yeah, by then, um, Al had held a press conference to confess to reporters his love for a whole other woman. Oh, no. Um, In his memoir, which is called... Power, Pasta, and Politics, the World, according to Senator Al D'Amato, he describes their long separation as amicable and friendly. Uh, also, that press conference to announce your love is a move that Rudy Giuliani would use later. <laughs> Al got his start in politics, doing local stuff in his hometown, as many do. Uh, this was the village of Island Park on Long Island. So he was like the village attorney. He was a public administrator of Nassau County. He was elected to a few local positions in the late 70s. In 1979, the incumbent Republican senator of New York, Jacob Javits, was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And this laid the groundwork for a competitive primary. Apparently, Nixon told Aldomato to run against the incumbent. Oh. Like, the GOP had changed from when, Jav- I guess, Javits had been there for quite a while. So it was like a new GOP, and they needed new blood, and so D'Amato should challenge the incumbent. Interesting. So Al won the primary handily. Javits, because New York has like 50 different party lines, Javits ran on a different party line in the general election, which, you know, obviously there was a Democrat in the race too. This split the non-Republican vote. So Al D'Amato became a U.S. senator, receiving 45% of the vote. Okay. But a plurality. Congratulations. You're going to Washington. (laughs) He had quite a legendary run in the Senate. He became especially well-known for his somewhat whimsical approach to filibusters back when you actually spoke them. He once read the District of Columbia phone book on the floor of the chamber for more than 23 hours. We're calling that whimsical? That just sounds annoying. (laughs) And in 1992, Al regaled the chamber for more than 15 hours, including by singing South of the Border Down Mexico Way. Oh, my. This was in an effort to adjust uh, typewriter company Smith Corona's tax rates to prevent them from moving or to, I don't know, remove the incentives for them to move a factory from New York to Mexico. He was unsuccessful in this effort. This this cost them 875 jobs in his state. His politics were also more heterodox than would likely be allowed today, at least for any Republican with an ambition for the White House, right? He voted to establish the Martin Luther King Day holiday, which was really controversial at one point, Mm -hmm. amazingly. He supported allowing gays to serve in the military and the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which would, you know, allow gay people to work without being just, again, controversial positions back in the day. Back in the day. In his third re-election campaign in 1998, Also for non-U.S. listeners, senators serve six-year terms here. So He actually earned the endorsement of the Human Rights Campaign, which is a major gay rights group, over his challenger, a Democratic congressman from the city named Chuck Schumer. (laughs) Really? Yeah, this was... Fascinating. It was a highly controversial move by the group. Board members left. Like, it it was a big deal. Obviously, 
gay rights groups tended to back Democrats, but the group said it was good to have Republicans who would stand up to leadership to take principled votes on gay rights issues. So, you know, um, he did, however, Al managed to offend many Jewish voters by calling Schumer a putz head no. late in the campaign. No. Uh, and so Schumer went on to win. Life is funny. Al. Al. Oh, Al. You might think the end of an 18-year run in an important job would be a kick in the teeth, but luckily for Al, the year after leaving the Senate, he made the acquaintance of the woman who would become his second wife, Keturah Smith. Al was in his 60s when he met a lawyer, 28 years his junior, who was then working on securities issues, finance stuff. Keturah, a Seattle native at the time, was best known for having participated in a lawsuit against the University of Washington Law School, where she and other white applicants claimed racial discrimination based on the school's affirmative action policies. Oh, okay. I think she came from a fairly prosperous background. Both of her parents worked for Boeing, and uh, she ended up getting her JD at Seattle University instead of UW, uh, and a federal court eventually tossed out her discrimination lawsuit. Anyway, around 1999, at a fundraiser in Manhattan, she met one Alphonse D'Amato, recently retired senator who was busy getting a political consultancy off the ground. Oh, I bet. She liked him right away, but had some reservations about how famous he was. But they low-key began dating, and four years later, in December of 2003, Al threw her a surprise birthday party at the Bridgeview Yacht Club in Island Park. A cake was wheeled out with the words, Will you marry me? written on it with a ring strategically placed in the center. Okay. It's a nice story. No, nah, it's cheesy. It, yeah. Uh, we're going to pause I mean, for... it's, a, it's a little cheesy. It's a little cheesy, but in a good way. If you like cake, I, I do not know her particular feelings on cake. So... Presumably fan of cakes. Maybe that really worked for her. Maybe after this, she was an even bigger fan of cakes. We're going to take a break, get a little cake. We're going to we're going to pause here and when we come back, we're going to move past all this lovey-dovey stuff and get to the conflict. Fantastic. Yes. See you on the flip. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. 
This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Okay, so now we're into the dirty details. Yes. Cake proposal. I guess she took the ring after the icing. God, you got to clean the ring? I mean... After you get it out of the cake? I mean... I wonder what kind of cake. I have so many so questions. So many questions. Okay, tell me how it goes terribly. All right, so they married the following July and four years later had a son. Al was 70 at wow. the time of his son's birth. Mazel. They had a daughter a year after that. Meanwhile, Al was running his park strategies consulting firm and weighing in on politics as the grand eminence, whatever does. <laughs> sure. Grizzled veterans. He endorsed Mitt Romney in 2012, John Kasich in 16. After Trump was elected that November, he urged him to appoint Rudy Giuliani as attorney general, a thing that blessedly never happened. Wow. <laughs> Just the the hair dye, sweat. Can sit. you imagine? Mm. Mm. I don't know how great that mm. would have gone. Mm. Fast forward to the autumn of 2017. Something very strange happened on the night of September 30, 2017. But what exactly it was has been a matter of dispute ever since, including a seriously large federal lawsuit. Oh, God. According to Al, who was in bed when this happened, his wife called the police to their Lido Beach house late that night because she believed there were people on the beach shining green lasers into the house, and that whoever was out there was going to come in and kidnap the family. The truth is out there, Stacy. Keep in mind they have two young children, and obviously, you know, fears of kidnapping would... Sure. It's weird, though, that you see lights on the beach. Hmm. Al would later argue to a judge that when the cops arrived, uh -huh. they found Katora loading a shotgun. Oh. Interesting. Because... They have security cameras all over the house. Okay. So Couture says, no, that is not what happened. She says that she and her husband got into a fight earlier in the evening. Oh. They were out on the veranda or whatever. Sure. She was using his cell phone to take pictures of the full moon. Her account has it that he got superheated and called her a bunch of extremely nasty names before he retired to bed. Later, up by herself, she says that she saw movement or, like, something weird on the outside security cameras. Okay. Which prompted her to call the police, as one would. Yeah, something's going on outside. I don't... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the police arrive, and, you know, as they do, they're like, do you have firearms in the house? And she says, yes, we have a lawfully owned shotgun. It's in the closet of my office. But this was brand new. I mean, there's, again, camera footage. It's still in the box that it came in. Like, it's she was not loading this anyway. So it was... So he's a senator liar. Mm, it was in a closet. It was not in her hands being loaded. It was... It's in a closet in a box. Not in play. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, like, the police did, in fact, arrive. Everyone agrees on that point. Katora says that she did not want them to wake Al up because she was afraid that he was going to start screaming at her again. But uh, they did, and there's, you know, footage of, like, Al wandering out in his pajamas oh, <laughs> to talk my. to the popo. 
And again, this is Nassau County, where he has been a major figure in local politics since the 70s. Somehow, Keturah ended up transported to a hospital where she was forced to undergo a 72-hour psych hold. What? Apparently entirely based on statements made by her husband. So she was like... He had her locked up? Improperly held for... Uh, three days. Yeah. She was Nobody. released on October 2nd. This does harken back to your Beverly Johnson story. The same thing happened to her. Exactly. From, from Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty trashy when you lock your spouse up yeah. in an involuntary cycle. Yeah. He told them that she was on lithium, which what? she was not. She takes Ritalin. I mean, he just said a bunch of stuff. On the 3rd of October, the day after being liberated from her cycle. Katora marched into the Manhattan Supreme Court and filed for oh, divorce from Al. I don't know why New York has named its courts this way. The The top court in New York is the uh, New York Court of Appeals, I believe, New York State Court of Appeals. Okay. It sounds like it's a big deal, but it's really just like the courthouse in Manhattan. It's okay. Manhattan Supreme Court, however. But no, but she's marching in. She's she marching wants a in. divorce because after you put me in an involuntary yep. psych hold, we're probably we're, not going to be married much longer. We're probably done. Yeah. Right. This seems pretty reasonable after getting shipped off to a hospital against her wishes. Uh-huh. There is one slight issue here. Oh, no. Katora, Al, and their two children are not residents of Manhattan in New York County. As noted, they are residents of Nassau County. Oh, which is where Lido Beach is. Interesting. two days later, on October 5th, Nassau County Superior Court is where Al himself showed up, demanding a temporary custody order for the kids and a restraining order against his wife. This is also when he started telling the story that Katora had been loading a shotgun when police arrived at the house on sure, the 30th. Sure, because aliens were outside. And that she is mentally disturbed. And Whatever, Grandpa. children are in danger. Yeah. Let's get you back to bed. There were plenty of aspersions cast by way of arguing that she had gone off of psychiatric medication that she desperately needed to be on. The major problem with these stories is that the responding officers would eventually testify in the divorce and they would say that the shotgun thing never happened. Never happened. Yeah, dude. In addition, Katora's lawyers have consistently held that she is not prescribed any psychiatric medication, so there were no meds for her to go off of. But all of that would be pretty far down the road. And Katora had not actually been notified that this hearing was going to happen. So she was not present to defend herself from her husband's allegations. This is terrible. When it comes to the best interest of children, judges really have to work with the info that they're given. So Al got his emergency custody order. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of like little kids. Katora fired back from Manhattan five days later, asking Justice Matthew Cooper to please, please assert jurisdiction because her husband is a grimy political operator and, by virtue of his Park Strategies political consulting firm, is deeply enmeshed with judges, police, local governments. In Nassau County. All the rest in Nassau County. There's no way that's ever going to be a fair trial. She was effectively arguing that she could not get a fair hearing in Nassau, and Judge Cooper as you might expect, decided that the right thing to do here was to step up to defend the independence of his fellow judges out on Long Island. Oh, no. He was giving a short lecture to her attorneys about how judges, quote, do not make determinations based on political considerations, unquote. Oh, sure, really? 
when a lawyer for the Nassau County Democratic Party, not again, Damato is a Republican, suddenly walks into the courtroom, walked into the well without permission, and embraced El D'Amato in a big bear hug. <gasps> no! This is a thing that happened. Oh, my God. And that's not enough to maybe go, mm, let's put the brakes on this? Yeah. Maddie Cooper, come on, man. We got a buffet in the back. Hey, Senator D'Amato, <laughs> let's ha- I hear you like cake. Hey, Senator Pothole. In a different context, we might love the display of bipartisanship here, but in this context... Justice Cooper's eyes shot flame out of his skull and he nearly shouted, Do you know what the optics look like? Are you so dense it didn't occur to you? Maddie C. Hmm. But at the end of the day, oh God. Maddie C. sided with Al and not Katora and kicked the case out of Manhattan and back to Nassau County authorities. Crap. This fateful decision opened the door for what would turn into a seriously weird and conflicty divorce. Katora would go on to argue that Nassau County police would routinely follow her and her children when, you know, they're out shopping or doing errands or whatever. Going to get groceries. Wow. There was an incident where she went to Manhattan's courthouse to watch Al testify in a separate case. Some of his friends were having associates. I don't know were involved in a case and he was testifying. She was barred from entering the courtroom by courthouse staff. She was apparently allowed to watch the testimony from a television on a different floor of the building. Very weird. Very weird stuff. She even got a picture of her estranged husband dining with New York's top judge, (sighs) Judge Janet DeFiore. No. Yeah, he... Apparently, Al was integral in getting her appointed. So Al schmoozing the yep. New York The judiciary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Janet DeFiore uh, retired in August of this year. But anyway, back in 1718. Yeah, I'm going to go with Maddie C on this one. Do you have any idea the way the optics on this look? Yeah, so Katora is like, look, he put her name in contention for the top judgeship in the state. Uh, and in his mind, she owes him. And... He wants some favors repaid. Well, sure. Because Al is currently in a contentious divorce and custody case. DeFiore, for her part, said nothing improper happened. Well, They're old naturally. friends. Like, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. At one point, Katora was out with her kids and called her lawyer in a panic, asking the lawyer to come and rescue them because there were, she said, private investigators following them, and it was freaking her out. Um Again, I don't, I, I can't speak to the validity of this, but she was clearly extremely paranoid at this point. The lawyer drove over, picked them up, and took them to a friend's house. But to be fair, wouldn't you be paranoid too? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely would. But this is weird. Uh, this incident allowed Al's lawyers to argue that Katora's lawyer was now a witness in the oh, divorce God. case. And additionally, that participating in the act of picking them up and, quote, taking them to safety might have prejudiced the children against their father. They succeeded in getting the judge to disqualify her lawyer. No. Yes. This is dirty. Dirty pool. Dirty, dirty. Dirty pool. The uh, lawyer would later sue Al, his lawyers, and their firm, arguing that they had smeared him and alienated him from his client. I don't know how that worked out this is terrible 
A court-appointed children's advocate at one point felt compelled to ask the judge to speak to the parents, or perhaps even issue gag orders, after Katora leaked a video of Al to the press. Um, you heard me watching this and came in to check on me because oh, I was is... like, what cat do we have that is... Yeah, it's a five-minute long clip of him screaming at her it's while terrible. she's in a hospital bed recovering from neck surgery. During it, she is in tears and begging him to stop yelling. He like he needs a password to her computer, presumably. And he's on the phone with someone and he's just haranguing her. It's it's really And she's in the hospital recovering from surgery? Yeah, she's laid up. Like that's out of line, Al. Yeah. Um and she, you know, she's videoing it and as the as her phone moves around the room, like she had apparently been watching Comedy Central until he showed up. Like it was seemed like things were chill, and then Al walks in and Anyway, well, yeah, because uh, we enjoy chaos at hospitals. Right. God. The children's advocate was concerned yeah, about bad. how the children would react if they saw it. So the judge ordered the parents first to stop denigrating one another in front of the kids. This is a normal thing that judges ask couples to do. And to stop releasing damaging material to the media. However, that video is still very much available on the old YouTube uh, I don't recommend it. It's a tough watch. No, it's a tough watch. It's terrible. This is not, by the way, the only time where weird video of an Aldomato tirade has surfaced. Uh, earlier in January of 2017, he was booted from an airplane after attempting to rally the passengers to walk out of a flight from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, bound for New York. The flight was supposed to leave at 1.40 p.m., but did not actually depart until 8 p.m., so somewhere... In that difference, D'Amato is like, you know. We need to rise up and get off yeah. his plane. Walk out of here with me. Freedom. You know, this is, he was just ahead of his time, right? This <laughs> A D'Amato spokesman said that Al, 79 years old at the time, had been in Florida to visit a sick friend and that stress and sleep deprivation just caused his frustration to boil over. Uh-huh. JetBlue apparently apologized to him. Anyway. Uh, weirdly, this incident happened just nine days after Katora had been removed from a Delta flight oh, for arguing with the flight crew. No. This was apparently supposed to be a family trip to the Bahamas. So while Al did plead with the crew to let his wife stay aboard, he and the kids did not deplane with her <gasps> when the crew escorted Katora back to the terminal. This is awful. This is terrible. It's so okay, kids. Mom will... Catch up with us later. <laughs> so now Daddy Grandpa has two toddlers in the Bahamas? In the Bahamas. With Mom not able to go. I mean, I'm sure she caught a later flight. I, I hope she had a nice vacation solo. Mm. All right, back to our divorce story. Katora continued to believe that authorities in Nassau County were biased against her. I would too. Mm-hmm. In March of 2019, she filed a $100 million federal lawsuit in Brooklyn, alleging, well, here's an overview from lawandcrime.com. Oh, goody. In a complaint filed on Monday, Mrs. D'Amato alleges that her estranged husband once had her hospitalized, falsely telling police and a judge that she had a history of psychiatric issues. Soon after, she claims, he was granted custody of their children and she was coerced into accepting an agreement to only have supervised visitation. According to the complaint obtained by Law and Crime, which you can read in full below on the Law and Crime site, 
It all started when Mrs. D'Amato called 911 on September 30th, 2017, when she was afraid of a possible home intruder. The complaint says that when police arrived, Mr. D'Amato, who was staying in a downstairs bedroom, allegedly told them that Mrs. D'Amato was, quote, crazy, that she had, quote, a prior psychiatric history, that she takes lithium for a bipolar disorder, unquote, and that she, quote, believed that green lasers are being shot into the home. Oh, because of the aliens. The, yeah. I, sure. I don't Grandpa. know that she ever said anything about green lasers. Like, I don't know. He it, sounds like he's going to come up with whatever he wants to. to that's politician speak. <laughs> so continuing with the law and crime piece, uh, Mrs. D'Amato claims that these were false statements that led to her being kept at South Nassau Communities Hospital in Long Island against her will from September 30 until October 2nd. The next day, the lawsuit says she brought a divorce action. Soon after, Mr. D'Amato applied for protective orders that a judge signed awarding him temporary custody. The lawsuit went hard. There were allegations of RICO violations. Oh uh, she said that he and his lawyers were working together to defraud the court. It sought $50 million in general damages and $50 million in punitive damages. She told reporters that she filed in Brooklyn because, ta-da, the Nassau County Courthouse, where she technically should have filed it, is literally called the Alphonse M. D'Amato U.S. Courthouse. No. <laughs> That's a pretty clear cut. Yeah. Like it's just right there on the it's building. It's right there on the building. Wow. Okay, so it does seem like at some point the conflict was brought under control, likely the judge asking them to stop, well, ordering them to stop. Sure. Putting stuff in the press was effective. I think that the lawsuit was either thrown out or settled quietly. I I don't. There's not more reporting on it. It may have provided a little bit of leverage for her, made her feel a little better. So how does it all resolve? So in January of 2020, Newsday had just a brief article reporting that the matrimonial battle had been settled and that the pair would raise their children cooperatively. It was not clear at the time whether that resolved the entire divorce or just the custody part. Presumably, Alphonse D'Amato, at the age of 66 or whatever, when he got married, had a prenup. Okay. So, not clear, but wow, dirty deeds done dirt cheap. That is... Yeah, that's some dirty deeds. Dastardly divorce conduct, just impressively terrible divorce conduct. That is the second divorce of uh, Al D'Amato, former U.S. Senator from New York. You're just, you just look stunned. I'm a little stunned. That's mm -hmm. pretty terrible. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she got the uh, Lido Beach beach house. Okay. Well, that's nice. Because she's had conflict with the neighbors. Because she definitely wants to stay in Nassau County after all that. Because the neighbors have a restraining <laughs> order against her. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the things that people do for love or Ooh, their trashy divorce. Vengeance, yeah. Mm -hmm. For yeah, love gone bad. Woof. Well done. Do you have a number of trash cans? Oh my gosh. Are they all lit with green lasers? Yeah, they're it's definitely um <laughs> you can only view them on a security camera and um there are shadows moving around them. What a <laughs> mess. Hundred million. Thank you, Stacy. All lined up outside the Alphonse M. D'Amato US courthouse. In Nassau County. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's it for us. Trash Pandas, thanks again for joining us today. Don't forget, we're going to be back 
on Wednesday with you with Holy Cats, brand new Trash Candy, and... 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 Huge news. Big announcement. Big announcement. Huge announcement. Happy announcement from TDHQ2. That's exactly right. On Wednesday, next episode. Can't wait to see you back then. Until we do, keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, friends. Big love, everybody. Have a great week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.